0: So what we're going to talk about the next few times together, even probably pushing into January, is what I'm going to call uh, the day spring difference. Um, and then what this will be like, all of our messages will be recorded, it will be put on the website, and then I can just easily refer people to the website if they have a question about, uh, I think some of these core issues are really a big deal to us, but um, I maybe sometimes we just kind of, you know, not take it for granted, but just kind of assume people know. So this is a, this is a topic that I actually... Um, This message tonight, those of you that are faithful attenders on Friday night, back in the spring, I actually taught on this at Simple Steps, okay? I taught on it then because I was preparing the message for tonight, and I thought it'd be good. I kind of mixed it into making wise decisions for Simple Steps, but tonight, um, I kind of want to just, I'm kind of laying the groundwork. Everybody say this, laying the groundwork. Can you say this? Laying the groundwork the next five or six weeks uh, that we cover the subject of the Dayspring difference, what makes Dayspring so different. So I have to cover this subject uh, before I get into the other subjects uh, because we do things differently here at Dayspring and we do them on purpose. Uh, I feel uh, I feel that we're strategic about a lot of things. I feel that we're intentional. Um, one thing I, I don't do here at Dayspring as, as the founder and lead pastor is I just don't do things just... Just well, what the heck? Let's just do it. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a reason that we're doing something. Okay, um, we just don't want to spend money or spend time or energy. Just like I don't know why we're doing this. This is stupid. You know, um, th- there are some things that we do here at Dayspring because they're in the Bible and and biblically they're doctrinally something we have to do. There are some things that we do here at Dayspring that are just a preference. Um, it's convenient for us living in. Delafield in Pewaukee, Waukesha County, in the year 2023, that we just do it, it's just a preference It works for us, but there's other things that we do here at Dayspring because they're convictions. Well, whose convictions are they? Well, they're the conviction of the pastor of the church who founded the church, (laughs) and God's laid some convictions on my heart that as the pastor of the church, I I just want to lead our church in this way, and maybe it's not the convictions of the pastor on the other side of town, and that's fine. my convictions aren't better than his convictions, or whatever. But, but maybe there's some convictions that God's put on the pastor's heart, and he's got to lead the church this way. Um, God has, has a different church for, you know what I'm saying, for different kinds of people in different areas and different communities. And, and just because we're doing something here at this church and another church in our side of town doesn't do that, doesn't mean that we're better than them or doesn't mean they're better than us. Sometimes God works in different churches different ways, right? I mean, the same Holy Spirit convicts different people of different things, okay? And that's just totally fine. We, we, have, we all have the same marching orders, but God works on us differently. So, so tonight, I really kind of wanted to just explain the difference between um, uh, the difference of standards, like what it means to have a standard, what it means to have a conviction, what it means to have a preference, uh, how do we choose to do what we do, um, and, that, and that why is it that we have some rules about some issues, but there seems like there's not rules about other issues. Why do we have that? Um, You know, a church, well, I can say this actually, I believe any organization, any organization can have a list of standards, um, preferences that they have, and even as a pastor, even if I can't show them to you in the Bible, an organization still has to have standards, okay? They still have to have, it has has to be organized. Uh, McDonald's, you know, the McDonald's in, in Waukesha, you know, all their employees wear a tie at that one, but not another one. You don't have a Bible verse, okay? Had, you know, but you just have to do something. Have, there has to be rhyme, reason. It's not just, well, do whatever, it doesn't matter. okay? So I just kind of want to explain the difference between doctrine, uh, convictions, having a standard, or having a preference. Once I explain that to you, then the next few weeks you'll make sense and say, okay, I see why they're doing what they're doing. Because, because they all fall into different categories. And so I want you just to kind of understand. So this is good, just good Bible knowledge and good Bible understanding. And it'll just help you in your whole life just to kind of get. I understand why this is this way, but that's that way. All right. With that in line, let's take a look at the first one here. If you've got your Bible. 2 uh, Timothy, all the way over on the far right-hand side. Remember that 2 Timothy was written to a pastor. All right. Ready? Pop quiz. What was the pastor's name? His name was 2nd Timothy. (laughs) No, it was Timothy, right. Does anyone know where his church was? His church was in Ephesus, right. Uh, So Pastor Timothy, I believe is a young guy, a church planter. The guy that wrote the letter, his name is Paul. So here we go. Pastor Timothy, I'm going to tell you what to do here. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. I charge thee, or Pastor Timothy, I'm telling you. Therefore before God and Lord Jesus Christ... Who shall judge the quick and the dead? It is appearing in his kingdom. Pastor, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound. Church, say the next word. Doctrine. doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the what, church? Truth and shall be turned in, uh, turned unto fables. So the first thing we're going to look at tonight is Bible doctrine. Okay, what is Bible doctrine? Well, uh, a doctrine is um, something that we, we stand on. I, I know I shouldn't use the same word to define a word. We stand on it doctrinally. It's in the Bible. Um, w- w- we believe something because it's literally, thus saith the Lord. It's Bible doctrine, Okay. Uh, There's a clear biblical teaching on a subject, and it's Bible doctrine. For instance, let me give you some examples of what Bible doctrine would be, just so you understand this, because I want to paint a whole picture tonight. Um, The deity of Jesus Christ, the deity of Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus is God, okay? We're talking about that a lot in the book of John. He's not Jesus, a nice guy, He's not Jesus, the man who did some nice things, or a prophet. No, he literally is the Son of God. He's God, okay? The fact that the deity of Jesus is doctrine, okay? It's Bible doctrine, thus says the Lord. How about about salvation by grace through faith? Yeah, that's a doctrine of the Bible. We can prove it. Salvation by grace through faith. We can prove that. Someone, randomly, ready, randomly, someone give me a Bible verse that proves salvation is by grace through faith <laughs> right see that's a Bible doctrine we can look at the Bible and say there it is it's doctrine Ephesians 2 8, 9 I can prove it does the Bible say it absolutely so so Bible doctrine is something that we teach and it applies to all believers okay John three sixteen applies to everybody Ephesians 2 8, 9 applies to everybody the book of John You know, Jesus is God. That applies to everybody, okay? It's a doctrine of the faith. It's in black and white. Uh, A couple thoughts about doctrine. Number one is this. Doctrine never changes, okay? The fact that salvation is by grace through faith is the way it's always been since Genesis 1-1 until the end of time. It'll always be there. It will never change interesting doctrine ought to change a believer <laughs> but doctrine doesn't change um, we, here's what we don't do if you're, if you're let's say you're, you're picking a church okay the first thing to do when you're picking a church is you don't say oh they have a nice band oh the pastors nice oh the worship service starts at my favorite time those may be a comfort for you but you don't pick a church based on those things you pick a church by the Bible doctrine, by what they teach. Do all churches teach salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone? No. That would be the first, probably the only thing I'd really look at. A church. If I was looking at a church, I'd say, where are they at on this first? You know, um, you don't, you don't, you don't drop Bible doctrine to just pick a church that has, you know, a better band or has a better coffee shop. Or, you know, you like the pastor's humor or something like that. That's not how you pick a church. When it comes to Bible doctrine, church, as a Christian, you stand on those things, period. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Thus saith the Lord. Boom. Done. Okay? So that's Bible doctrine. Now let me say this about Bible doctrine and I'm going to move on. Bible doctrine is something I will die for. Okay? The Russians come and take us and we're a communist country and they hold a gun to your head and they say, was Jesus God's only son? Yes. All right, if you say yes, we're going to kill you. You're going to have to kill me because I ain't changed. All right? Is salvation by grace? Yes. All right, if you say salvation by grace, we're going we're to kill you, you know? All right, you're just going to have to kill me. I'll die for Bible doctrine. Okay? Because thus saith the Lord. Can I get an amen, church? All right, would you die for those things? Would you? Okay. If someone held a gun to your head and said, salvation by grace, would you say, um, let me think about it? <laughs> no, you'd die for it. It's Bible doctrine. That says the Lord, right? Okay, so that's Bible doctrine. Okay, that's here. Next one down, I'm going to say down, next one on our list is biblical principles. Okay, uh, there's biblical principles of holiness in the Bible. Uh, principles are a position or a standard, taken from biblical evidence, okay? So we have Bible doctrine, and then we have Bible principles, okay? A principle is taken from a position or standard from a Bible doctrine, okay? Um, And I did this on Friday night, uh, when I did this a while back. Does the Bible say clearly, clearly, thou shalt not gamble at Pottawattam? doesn't say that clearly how about this one? um uh do not smoke cigarettes does the bible say that and, and jesus said to paul or timothy or whatever thou shalt does it say that it doesn't really but from bible doctrine we can make a principle um you can see that for instance we could talk about gambling well the bible's really clear about being selfish and, and really clear about getting gain that you haven't earned or you haven't worked for. The Bible has a lot of Bible doctrine about that, being selfish. Well, gambling is the ultimate form of being selfish, right? Think about that. Why is gambling the ultimate form of selfishness? Why is that? Because, Mrs. Horning, if me and you were, were, were gambling and we were playing poker or something, I want to win and I want you to lose. I want your money. That's gambling, right? That's the ultimate form of selfishness. I want you to lose so I can win and I want your money. And money is really a form of what? Our time. I want a part of you. <laughs> and I don't want you to take any of mine, right? So that's what gambling. But we could, we could get that from biblical doctrines. Uh, uh, we could talk about drug use or, or smoking or something. we say, well, the Bible talks about taking care of your body. It's not yours. It's God's body. You need to take care of it. Well, okay, there's no verse that says, Thou shalt not, but my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I know that's true. Holy Spirit indwells with me. I ought to do my best to take care of my body because it's not mine anymore. I'm bought with a price. From a Bible doctrine, I have established a biblical principle. All right? You with me so far? Shake your head if you got that. All right. Um, but we take, we take these principles and we apply them to our life to help us grow. Now, I don't know if I would die for a biblical principle. I might. I don't know. Russian sticks. I don't know why am I picking on the Russians? They don't even have a gun that works. But I like to pretend. a Russian comes, we're, you know, capt- cap, uh, we're captured by the Russians. And they say, you know what? You better gamble. You better go play blackjack or we're going to kill you. Deal them up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd die for that, okay? I might. I mean, sounds good. <laughs> let's play. How do you play? Um, but, but when a biblical principle comes along, um, it, it's kind of a test for an association. Uh, I would have a hard time fellowshipping or, or, or being with other churches that don't have the same principles that I would have. For instance, let's just pretend there's a church that wants to hang out with us and fellowship with us and I was like, okay, great, I love the guy, you know, we're clear on the gospel, everything's the same, you know, he said, let's get together, and we're going to have, you know, gambling night at our church, (sighs) I love you, you're a nice friend, but I don't think I want to hang out with you, right, gambling's just going to get our church in trouble, it's going to get me in trouble, (sighs) I want a fellowship, I love you, but I, see where I'm at on, I'm kind of like, I don't think I'm going to hang out with you, all right, Bible doctrine, from that we develop a biblical principle, all right. Next one on our list, number three down on our list, number three, is having a standard. A personal standard, or in this case I'm calling it a church standard. Uh, what are standards? Well, every church, every organization, every person has standards. We have standards of dress, we have standards of membership, we have standards of association. And, and, and I'll tell you, this, this gets a little tougher, okay, because biblical doctrine, you can see, you know, oh, look, right there in Ezra chapter 3, it says that, right? With standards, you know, churches split over, over standards because, well, I think this is a standard and they think this is a standard. Churches have all out fights because of that. Well, what, Pastor, what's some standards that our church has? Well, here's a standard we have um, Sunday morning service starts at 11 o'clock. It just does. I don't know. Why does it start at 11 o'clock? Because it does. Um, we have a bus. Uh, we have a very nice bus for our school. The drivers of the bus must have a CDL license, you have to be a professional driver, you have to do all those qualifications. It's a standard we have. I don't know, we do that. Um, we ins- I'm, I'm thinking about the bus that's on my mind because it's coming up for its yearly inspection. We have the state of Wisconsin, we have a state patrol officer come here to our church and look at that bus and they lay under that bus, they go into the hood, they spend all this time and they inspect that bus. Why? It's a standard that we have that I want that bus to be totally as good as possible. Just it's expensive, but I want it right. We have an elevator. Uh, We just had it inspected last week. Four times a year, we pay money to have the elevator inspected. That's a standard our church has. Pastor, why do you pay money to have the elevator inspected? Because I take the elevator every day when I go to my office, and I don't want to get stuck. Because if I get stuck in that elevator, you're all going to go home. And it's going to be like, my wife's going to be like, I guess he's not coming home tonight. And I'm going to be in the elevator screaming all oh, night, no, let me out. <laughs> so I, it's a totally selfish thing, <laughs> but I, I don't want the elevator to work. Um, our Christian school has uniforms. They wear khakis and polos. It's no big deal. It's just a standard, okay? It's a standard that we have. I mean, they've got to wear something, right? Gonna, you know. um, someone asked me the other day, uh, pastor, in the mornings, why do you preach with a tie? Well, I'm a professional, my peers preach in a tie, um, I watch uh, Monday Night Football and all the commentators are preaching, or preaching their, their gospel in a tie, and baseball and basketball, they're all in a tie. I'm a professional, my doctor wears a tie, my attorney wears a tie, huh, my dentist wears a tie, how weird is that? But they do that, I'm just a professional, I, I hate ties. When I go to India, I don't wear a tie, because no one in India wears a tie. If I go to the Philippines, I don't wear a tie, you know, that's fine. But, um, but if I lived in Hawaii, you know what I'd be wearing if I was a preacher in Hawaii? I would be wearing shorts and a tank top and, and flip-flops. Are you kidding me? Man, that'd be great. Um, but, um, but I also don't wear a suit and tie when I'm mowing the lawn, okay? <laughs> Saw someone the other day at Walmart and uh, I tell you, my, oh boy, my Walmart clothing outfit is not good. I just, when I go to Walmart, you'll be shocked. It just sweats. It's Crocs. It's an old t-shirt. I just don't care. I give up when I go to Walmart. Um, Pastor, is that you? It's like, yeah, that's me. You know, on a Saturday morning, I haven't shaved and just got my baseball cap on and, you know, wow, I didn't, I thought you always wore a tie. Yeah, I wake up on Saturday mornings in a tie. Yeah, yeah, I work to Walmart. Yep, yep. Going out there, going to mow the lawn today. Think I'll put my nice suit on. No. Um, When it comes to a standard, I definitely won't die for a standard, (laughs) but a standard never violates a biblical truth, okay? Now, a standard may change, now get this, a standard may change with leadership. So, let's just say, let's say, uh, heaven forbid, I die tomorrow, all right? I die, and the church gets together as a church, and, and we elect a new pastor. The new pastor comes in, and the new pastor says, you know what? I don't know, Christian school kids don't have to wear a uniform anymore. They can wear shorts and a tank top. I don't care it. You know, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Or the or the or the pastor says, you know what? Our our school kids need to wear a you know the girls need to wear a skirt and the guys need to wear a suit and a tie every single day. All right, it's fine. It it's just standard that they got. You know, there's not a Bible verse you can put to it. Uh, Maybe it's my personal standard, but but it doesn't fit everybody. You know, there's different standards at different churches because of different cultural differences. Um, it's it's just the way it is. If our church was up in Alaska, you know, we'd have services at different times. We'd we'd all be wearing a parka. You know, just be different. It's not bad. If we were in the Philippines, where the you know my boys, two boys are going on a mission trip. I tell you, I praise the Lord. My boys, um, they this is their third international mission trip this year alone. I I just praise God for that. And you know what? They funded it on their own. That's what I praise God. These boys work their backside off, and they they go on these trips they love going to mission field they have a passion for the gospel parents i just i'm not bragging i'm just saying i praise god you ought to develop a passion get those kids involved in mission trips their third international trip 2023 alone and they're already talking about two that they want to do next year and i'm like you go boys you go that's <laughs> fine have a good trip um but but um it's fine they're going to the philippines and it's a totally different dress code different service times different style it's fine it's just the church standard okay they change with leadership. You don't die for it. But a standard a standard never contradicts a principle or a doctrine. Okay? If you have doctrine, you have a principle, and you have a standard, it'll never contradict that. All right? Number four. Uh, number four is personal preferences, or what I'm going to say in this one, convictions. Personal convictions. Something that's personal. The church as an organization has standards. Uh, a person has a personal conviction. Again, a conviction never conflicts with the Bible. It doesn't convict, uh, conflict with a principle or a Bible doctrine. Uh, what's a conviction? A restriction on yourself that's an outward display of your inner belief, okay? Uh, in other words, for me, this is how I like to say it, if this is something that means something to God, then I'll do it. It's not about a rule, it's about a relationship. Uh, I, I've had in my life You've hopefully had in your life times where you just know, you just know God is convicting you of something. It's almost like God's saying to you, listen, would, would you just do this for me? Would, would you just do it for me? But, uh, but the church down the street, but ooh, uh, my aunt, my grandma, my uncle, no, would, would you just do it for me? And you kind of sit there and say, okay, all right. Although it. it's just a conviction. Something God puts in my heart that's displayed in the outward or the way I act or something that I do, but it's personal. I hope you have personal convictions. <laughs> if you don't, you need to spend a little bit more time praying, a little bit more time in the Word, you need to be in church some more. You ought to have some convictions in your life. You ought to. Parents, you ought to teach some convictions to your kids. Pray, God, would you just work in their heart? Have them have some convictions. They're not just, well, I'm doing this because everyone told them you're doing it. You know? Do you pray because you're convicted about it? I hope you do. Do you hand out gospel tracts? Yesterday, I meant to hand out a gospel tract to a guy. God had convicted me in my heart to do it. And guess what? I didn't do it. Yeah. And I regret it. All right. It's like, yeah. Oh, God laid that on my heart. Didn't lay it on your heart. Lay it on my heart. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Look at this verse. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient or beneficial. All things are lawful, but I'll not be brought under the power of anything. So there's a lot of things I can do, but maybe it's not the best thing. Why? Because I want to be holy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, almost the same verse. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but all things edify not. So, so there's a lot of things. It's interesting, Paul repeats himself. A lot of things maybe I can do, but maybe it's not, just not the best for me. Um, I love to fish. Okay, I love to go fishing. I, well, I'll clarify that. I do not like to go fishing with little kids. I'm done. Uh, tangle lines, worms everywhere. I just, I'm done. I did my duty. I served, <laughs> I served that jail term for 18 years. I'm done. Um, I'll go fishing with an adult that can put their own worm on their own hook, all right, and can untangle their own <laughs> line. But um, I, I think that's great. Another round of fishing. We do a lot, of, a lot of water sports. We like wakeboarding. We like barefoot skiing. We like slalom skiing. And then we got a couple guys that we like to go with, and we do it. And we're really into it. Great but it, it's nothing wrong with going to the lake on Saturday morning, but I'm just telling you married couples, if I go to the lake every Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, and I'm gone every Saturday morning, it's probably not beneficial to my wife and our family. Okay? It, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with swinging a golf club. But if it becomes so much that, that you're, you know, you're pulling away from your family and it's not helping your family, it's a problem. So there's nothing wrong going fishing every Saturday, but it's probably just not the best thing. So there may be things that you're doing that are not, well, it's not wrong, but is it beneficial? Uh, I'll give you a couple personal convictions. I know you don't care, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, anyways, um, I don't, one of the convictions that I have is, is I just don't like to, and I, I don't, sit at a bar and to eat dinner. We went to uh, Olive Garden the other night, um, Saturday night at church, a couple weeks ago. And they said, there, you know, it's 45-minute wait, and I'm looking in the restaurant, and it's like, there's nobody here. There's no one here. You can sit at the bar and eat right now. We'll serve you right now. <sighs> Not going to happen. So we just walked out, said thank you. No, I just won't do it. You may. That's fine, but I'm just saying I won't. Um, if I go out to eat with you, don't order an alcoholic drink with me. I will get up and leave. I, I will. I just, are you kidding me? If I order a glass of wine with my meal, I'm up and I'm gone. I, I, just, I won't have a meal with you if you drink. I just won't do it. That's a personal conviction of mine, okay? It's just a personal conviction that I have. Just don't order a drink, okay? Um, uh, 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 it, entertainment, you know? We just don't go to movies. I don't have a rule in the church about going to movies. I just don't go to movies. Why? Because I can't control the content. I don't want to sit in a theater after I just paid $35 for a thing of, of popcorn that I now I have to eat. And, you know, on the big movie screen right in front of me, they start F-bombing or the woman takes off her shirt, or they're in bed together, and I just paid an awful lot of money for this, you know who's not getting up? Me. because I don't trust myself, I'll sit there and be like, well, it'll be over in a few minutes. Stay put. You know, <laughs> It's just not a good environment for me. I never brought my kids to a theater. Ever. <laughs> Why? Why? That's my question. Why would I? How about we just wait six weeks, comes out on DVD and just watch it on, and just free. it's free. You know what I'm saying? I can control it. You'll find out. Uh, I, just, I just don't want to be forced into something that I can't control. I can't sit there at the theater and go, turn off. Okay, if we're watching a video at home, I can turn off. All right, That's a conviction that I have because I'm trying to raise my kids in the right way. And it's very awkward if you're sitting in a movie theater and the woman and she, you know, takes off her shirt and your wife's sitting next to you. Right, uh, parent, hello guys, right, okay, it just, you should be saying this is not right, okay, this is not right. Um, I just don't do that. Uh, it's just I'm not saying I'm better than you, I'm just saying it's a conviction that I have. It's my conviction, it's not your conviction, it's not the church's conviction, it's my conviction. Okay, that's something that I do. My preferences, my convictions are mine. God convicts me of those things. Maybe, you know, maybe you can sit in a bar and it doesn't bother you. Okay, I don't know. I'll tell you this about convictions. As you grow, your convictions are going to change. Okay? As you grow, your convictions will change. I'll tell you what conviction will change real fast. When you have kids of your own, your convictions change real quick. <laughs> it's one thing you're doing it, you know, single person. Now you get married and have kids, and you're like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Um, so something, something you may do today, maybe it just flat out doesn't bother you. It just God doesn't... Conv- that's fine. Okay, whatever. But don't be surprised if you wake up tomorrow or go to church next Sunday and God doesn't work through your preacher. Oh, <gasps> Shock! Uh-huh. and then all of a sudden you have a conviction about doing something like that maybe it bothers you now right? why? just because God works in our life and, 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 and maybe you hear a testimony like I thought Donna did a wonderful job this morning or we heard Larry do his testimony a couple weeks ago I thought it was just wonderful maybe you hear that and you say oh boy God's working in my heart convicting me about something I should do or not do because of the person sitting next to me Oh, well, praise the Lord that's called Christian growth it's called growing as a Christian that's normal, that's the way it's supposed to be um so when it comes to convictions, let me say this because I said it about the other ones. I may defend uh my convictions. Um a conviction's never against the Bible, it's never against Bible doctrine. Um but 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 don't try to push your convictions on me. All right? See what I mean, how that goes, All right? God worked in your heart, and that's something you have. I may share it as a pastor. It's not a test of fellowship. Um, I, I may struggle with fellowship with someone if they have a different conviction than me about something. You know, maybe they'll go to the movies. They have to go to the movies. Well, I won't do that. Uh, so let's just do it. Let's just do a quick test. Okay, we got time. Yeah, we got time. Let's go real fast. Doctrine, uh, standard, uh, preference, or conviction. Doctrine, standard, preference, or conviction. Think. Don't answer it. Think. What is this? Is it a doctrine? Is it a is it a biblical principle? That's why I say say principle, doctrine, principle, preference, or conviction. Doctrine, principle, preference, or conviction. First one, salvation by grace. What is that? It's a doctrine. I said don't answer, but it's okay. Being pro-life. Now, those of you that came to Simple Steps, you know the answer on this. Well, it's actually not a doctrine. There's a doctrine about murder, so therefore we can make a principle based on that doctrine, okay? So being pro-life is, is more of a principle. Uh, are Christian school kids wearing a uniform? Standard, Yeah. Yeah, just standard of the church. Yep. Uh, having a Christmas tree in the church lobby. Church standard. Bible doesn't say don't have a tree in your lobby. <laughs> it doesn't say it. It doesn't say it. Um, sitting at a bar having a Pepsi. Well, that'd come in the lines of a personal conviction, right? To do it or not to do it, right? Drinking alcohol. Well, we could look at, at, at the Old Testament pretty clearly. I'd say that one's a Bible doctrine because it says don't look at it. Well, if it says don't, don't, right? Um, so there's, we can just keep going on so remember this doctrines don't change principles don't change standards do change convictions do change as God's spirit works differently in all of us Right? you have to determine what is it uh, what, what are you going to die for what are you going to fight for what you may just, just disagree with And always remember that holiness church is always an inconvenience. Okay, there may be things you or I want to do, but being holy, because God said, "Be holy, as I am holy." Just make it really clear. Get this in your brain: being holy is an inconvenience to my flesh. My flesh doesn't really give a about being holy. My flesh wants to take care of my flesh. All right, I just want to do what I want to do. Being holy is a big inconvenience. What you watch, what you listen to, who you hang out with, what kind of music you're doing, whatever that is, it's just holiness is always going to be an inconvenience. So um, with that in mind, instead of asking, well, why does your church do that or what's wrong with this? Don't ever ask me what's wrong with this. I probably won't answer your question. How about you do this? If you have a question about a a doctrine, a, a biblical principle, a standard, or a conviction, how about if you do this? Instead of saying what's wrong with this, why don't you ask this question? Pastor, how does this help me? Ask that question, and I'll give you an answer. If you come to me and say, Pastor, what's wrong with? I probably won't answer you, okay? You're looking at it totally wrong. Why don't you say, Pastor, what's beneficial about me doing this? Can you, can you help me be beneficial? What, what, what's a benefit to me? And then I'll answer you because now I know you're asking an honest question as opposed to what's wrong with teenagers? What's wrong with you're asking the wrong question? <laughs> you should be asking what's the benefit to me? Okay, the reason I give you that so you understand doctrine versus principle versus standard versus conviction is when we talk about things in the next few weeks about what makes Dayspring different, some of those are going to fall under Bible doctrine. Some of those are going to fall under biblical principles. Some of them may be church standards. And some of them, as the pastor of your church, just may be a conviction that I have as the pastor of the church, that as the leader of the church, I have to share with the sheep that are in this church, because I'm going to have to give an account while you are in this church. So it's a conviction that God's given to me. I may not even have a Bible verse for it. It's just something God laid on my heart. doesn't mean I'm better than the church on the other side of town. It just means God's working through our church right now in a different way. Okay? So, I lay that groundwork so the next few weeks will really, really, really make sense. Interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at DayspringBaptist.com. Thanks for listening.